0: up next is point and click radio the computer show good evening everybody and welcome to another edition of point and click radio the bi-weekly computer show I'm Bob Lawton and I'm Jim Hyde hi Jim hey. Hi, Bob how you
1: doing I'm doing good good to be with you again virtually in the zoom window in the zoom window <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> Well, it's better than it was doing it over the telephone.
1: (laughs) It's way better than doing it over the phone. I get to see you. So, you know, and of course, it sounds better, too.
0: It does. It sounds way better thanks to Zoom and their technology. So what have we got for tonight? This is the bi-weekly show. We're on every other week. We try to remember uh, way back two weeks ago what we talked about and what some of the things <laughs> that might have come up. And we had a lot of tips on the last show. This show, yeah. we're going to concentrate more on some some deep articles about things that are more overarching uh, and of interest to everybody in the, in the broad range of technology.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things we often uh, cover on the show here are privacy related issues because um, they are ubiquitous in our digital age and um, tonight we're going to talk about uh, two privacy related issues which you may or may not be aware of because that's the thing with a lot of privacy issues they're kind of insidious it doesn't they're, they're, they surface in weird ways. I didn't realize that somebody would be monitoring what I do when I look at a restaurant menu, for example. We'll talk about that tonight. And I'll have a grab bag of news out of, uh, items as well as we always do. And then later on in the show, we'll open up the phones and take calls and questions. But, um we start with a look at privacy from the perspective of the streaming services that so many of us use, especially in this pandemic era. I'm talking about the Netflix, the Hulus, the Apple TV plus. Um, you know, back in the days when our TVs used to go up to 13, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and then later on from, uh, what is it, 14 to 84, with those weird dials that didn't actually click.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just going to say, eat your heart out of Spinal Tap. TVs went up to 13. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Well, back in those golden days, um, broadcasters didn't know what you were watching. And unless you were a Nielsen family, a ratings Nielsen family, and agreed to have that little box attached to your TV so that they could do ratings measurements, they didn't know what you were watching. Well, in the streaming world, in the internet world, that is so different. Streaming websites, because they work over the, and services that work over the internet, have, um, and that require accounts and signups and that you're paying for. they have a frightening amount of, uh, they have a frightening ability to be able to track us and monitor us. And some of that is is very valid and, and makes a lot of sense. One of the cool things about a lot of streaming services is that you can pause a show on one device and then move over to a different device and resume watching, picking up right where you left off. Um, that's because they've been keeping track of what you're watching. But A a non-profit advocacy group for children and family called Common Sense Media published a report just this week that found that most of America's popular streaming services and streaming gadgets like Netflix and Roku and Disney Plus failed to meet the group's minimum requirements for privacy and security practices. The, The lone exception, and we'll talk about that, was Apple. And I'm reading here from a New York Times article that ran in in yesterday's edition that says, quote, we've become accustomed to the corporate, we've become accustomed to the corporate arms race to track our every mouse click and credit card swipe. But what's surprising from the group's report is that streaming entertainment products for which people pay out of their own pockets have some of the same data collection habits of sites like Facebook and Google that make their money renting our data for, for advertising dollars. And that's something you know we've always said, if it's, if it's free, then you're the product. Right. Well, it turns out in the streaming world, you can still pay for the product and still be the product. Wow. You know?
0: Best and of so both th- worlds. <laughs> have the product and be the product.
1: <laughs> For them, it is. Exactly. Oh, I know. Because they have not only the ability, they're not only co- collecting our monthly subscription fees, but they're also collecting data that they're then able to sell to advertisers. Wow. And this organization was, as as the New York Times uh, article describes, was cleverly comprehensive. It examined the privacy policies of 10 online video services like HBO Max and five streaming devices, including those from Roku and Amazon's Fire TV. The organization also set up computer systems to follow where the digital information leaving the streaming video apps or devices went. And Common Sense Media found that most of the companies in its analysis could use information about what people do on their services to tailor ads to customers all over the Internet or to allow other companies to do the same. The organization was able to see, for example, that many of the streaming companies piped data to Amazon and Google's advertising businesses. So they published kind of a a report card. That evaluated, I'm looking at this, an Apple TV, Google TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku Streaming Stick, Nvidia Shield TV, I've never even heard of that, as well as services like Apple TV Plus, YouTube TV, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Discovery Plus, Amazon Prime Video, and Peacock. And they give each one a rating and a little pass or warning label and all of them except for apple received the warning label because all of them in one degree or another um sell or reserve the right to sell user data to um other uh, organizations um for example um amazon prime says uh amazon says it Targets users with advertisements and tracks users on other apps and services across the internet. So when you're watching that TV show on Amazon Prime, then um, you can you can you can rest assured or rest alarmed that yes. Amazon is uh, is reporting what you've done to other potential advertisers and and and, and, and tracking that across the internet. Uh, Peacock does the same thing. Hulu does the same thing. Uh, HBO says they uh, HBO policy says it sells users' data, targets users with personals personalized advertisers advertisements, and tracks users on other apps and services across the internet. Paramount Plus, that's also that's CBS, Comedy Central. Uh, they sell user data and track users on, uh, across the internet. So. Um, the only one that does not is um, is is Apple TV Plus, and that is to Apple's credit. Um, unfortunately, the way it is with these streaming services, you often subscribe to several because the show that you want to watch is on Amazon Prime, or it's on Hulu, or it's on Peacock. So um, it's it's kind of like multiple TV channels. You want to get more than one channel. Oh
0: yeah, really? To, to
1: watch what you're getting. Um,
0: I was surprised, Jim, at how low Netflix rated, and um, on the cons, it says Netflix policy says it does not sell users' data, but apparently they're using their um, their information they get to target users with, with advertisements. I'm not sure where that comes from unless, as you're browsing the web, you get... Uh, ads for netflix shows but it says it also tracks users on other apps and services across the internet so they're doing the kind of thing that the latest version of apple's ios is trying to block the non-consensual tracking of of users when you're outside of the app that is doing the tracking so boo on netflix i didn't realize that (laughs) yeah really
1: um yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting article, and um, hopefully it will uh, and an interesting issue and an alarming issue and you know we can only hope that there could be more regulation that would at least give us the kind of opportunity to opt out in the way that we have now more and more on websites everybody you're always you're all seeing the the notifications when you go to a website that gives you the option to control what kind of tracking cookies are being placed on your computer by that website i think a lot of people just click okay because they either don't quite understand or they're just in a hurry and want to get to the content um if you can always kind of take that extra time to say um you know set my options or specify my options or whatever that button says turn off an option that you see that that's called um marketing or advertising cookies or targeting cookies um Most cookies, or many cookies, are not harmful at all, indeed. They are the kinds of things that allow you to um, pick up one device and and resume where you left off on a different device. But um, the tracking stuff is is the stuff that... Yeah, yeah. you at least have the right to know about and the and the option to opt out of. Read, read, but that is not read, the case with the streaming
0: services. Yeah, read the nutrition label on those cookies because you want the high fiber, low sugar. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Healthy cookies, I, I know. Hey, Jim, you were talking about privacy uh, notices and all that stuff. Didn't we find a website where they translate those user agreements into plain English? I thought there was something. that we found a while ago was that and you can i remember that i never actually went to the site and looked it up but it seems to me that if people are since we're focusing on the streaming services and those streaming devices we should uh probably try to find that uh that link because i thought that was a really great idea just to basically boil down the privacy agreement into the um you know, bare bones of what it is they're asking you to do, because it's always in legal yeah. lease, and it's always about forty pages long, and it's always in about six point type. So, right, right. Y- you really would just want to agree and get on to why you came there in the first place. Yeah,
1: yeah, the common sense media in this uh, in this research project that they did said. Again, from that New York Times article, the Common Sense Media said some efforts to offer customers informed consent were overly complicated. Yeah, that's the thing. You can you can you can opt out if you want, but you have to often go through a labyrinth of options. Uh, for example, the article continues. The organization said that Amazon asked people on a Fire streaming gadget to click through 25 policies to use the device. Oh. Plus two more to use the Alexa voice assistant. Oh, man. So, I mean, that's that's long enough for, you know, Jeff Bezos to go into orbit. Really? <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous.
0: And come back. Um, I think he was only up there 10 minutes, and it's going to take you way longer than that.
1: <laughs> exactly. If you would like to read this article, um, go to the search engine of your choice and just do a search for the phrase, streaming privacy, streaming privacy. Um, and that will be the top, at least when I did it right now, it was the very top um, search result in, uh, in Google, um, was that article in the New York Times. You can also go to, uh, do a web search for Common Sense Media, Common Sense Media, they're commonsensemedia.org. They're the organization that did the, uh, did the research project.
0: But, now, um, I don't remember, but the, when I went to that, uh, looked at that article up at the top, they had the... Um the logos of the three uh, major funding uh philanthropic funding uh this this uh this common sense media is aimed at protecting children and right. making sure that their experience is is wholesome and beneficial and and good for learning and not addictive and invasive and all that kind of stuff which seems to be what they're what they're built on doing but i did notice that um the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, or whatever it is, that would be Facebook money, and uh, the uh, was it Microsoft? Bill, and- I, think, I think
1: Apple. Also, this New York Times article mentions that uh, that Apple is a um, is a industry uh, supporter. Yeah, a lot of um, uh, foundation partners. There, yeah, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, um, the Gates Foundation. Um, the bezos family foundation i didn't know that was a thing i didn't either (laughs) Uh, the best buy foundation so yeah a lot of um a lot of larger twitter Symantec. yeah uh you know they um they 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 state that their their underwriters don't have an influence on their ratings um and indeed the fact that they Give Amazon so much criticism, even though they are found funded in part by the Bezos Family Foundation. I think it speaks to their their uh,
0: hopefully, their, uh, yeah,
1: integrity. I hope, um, but it's worth reading, and it's it's, it's it's actually, if you have kids, it's an interesting website to explore because um, they do provide uh, reviews and guides, media guides for um, uh, you know content that is uh, that is a. Uh, yeah, suitable for kids,
0: and the info infographics are readable. And you could sit down with your kids if they like HBO or Disney Plus or something like that, and read through with them. And because they do, they do give some pros um, mm-hmm. on the sites, like uh, for Disney Plus. Disney has some of the best practices in the categories of parental consent and data safety. So, you know, nice. it's, it's good to go through that stuff.
1: Yeah, CommonSenseMedia.org and just know that whatever you're enjoying, when you're watching those Star Trek reruns for the 230th time. Yeah. The other thing people, is, people all know.
0: all these services and all these devices, if you're not looking them, looking at them on a portable device or on a desktop computer, but are going through your brand new shiny, you know, eighty, 80 inch wide smart TV. That smart TV has also got its own uh, sp- oh, yes. spyware going on. And yes. They'll detect everything you know uh, that has that goes through, in, under, or around the TV. According to some sources, even the conversations you're having while you're watching.
1: There was some so, kind of a, yeah. a a tech scandal around Samsung that had um, smart TVs that has some kind of a voice-operated feature, like you could tell it, you know, switch to HBO or whatever, um, and the microphones were on all the time and. Samsung said, "Oh no, that was a that was a bug. We fixed that." Yeah, Um, right, right. But it's it's a it's a valid point, you know. If you're in the market for a new TV, if you're upgrading to that eighty inch wall sized, what do they call it in Fahrenheit four fifty one? The wall. The
0: wall, (laughs) yes. Or that might have been nineteen eighty (laughs) four too.
1: Do a little research, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do a little research into uh, what kind of privacy issues that TV set might have again something that didn't happen back in the days of Channel through 2 through 13
0: no but you know Jim just looking at the long long view um, back in the days of when your TV only went up to 13 um, people started uh, subscribing to cable TV which was a brand new thing I think back in the 60s it might have come out and the, the cool thing about Cable TV was you paid money every month and you didn't have to watch any commercials. Sure. Yeah. And how long did that last? Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: And now all the services, just every show that you see is laden with commercials. This is kind of, they kind of sneak this stuff in, you know, so who knows what's going to be happening.
1: And if they're not making money by selling advertising, then they're selling you as two advertisers. Two
0: advertisers. Exactly. Or both. yeah. 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 Read a book. <laughs> yeah, read a book. That's it. Yeah, a printed book still. I don't think can can report your um, progress to the uh, publisher.
1: Actually, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, a, a printed book because if you read an uh, an, an electronic book, <laughs> oh yeah, well, then then they then on your on your Kindle or uh, you know through the uh, iApple bookstore, well then they know what you're reading
0: and they know if you finished it or if gave up after two chapters. <laughs>
1: That makes me feel guilty because there are a couple of books that I've bailed on lately.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of—I have to say—a lot of books, especially nonfiction books, generally you can get just about the ninety percent of what the author wants to give you in the first chapter or two, and then a lot of times, you know, there'll be six chapters of tables or recipes or interviews with uh you know with uh clients or subjects or whatever and then maybe there'll be an afterward or an epilogue or a final chapter of the summation so a lot of the books you can get through don't feel guilty about not reading every page of some yeah. books
1: okay fair enough yeah. fair enough or even just the review of the book
0: <laughs> well yeah if
1: you yeah. bail on the review of the book then you're really <laughs> just kind of, then you're really just kind of phoning it in <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> oh, yeah now, what about reading a menu?
0: Well, <laughs> that's now, that's, that's a good segue. Reading a menu. That's a different
1: privacy issue. Yeah. Um, and, and we should note that this is Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show with Bob and yours truly, Jim. If this was an interesting thing that you uh, 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 hooked me up with
0: today. Um, well, I have to credit Harry because he covered it on Sunday. I finally remembered where oh, I very heard good. it. He, cool. he, he did it on his, uh, it's a smart world feature on, the, on the Le show, which I think is carried over KCYX. I can't remember when it's on, but- I think you're right. It's on the show. Anyway, this is the uh, QR codes. He did a little quick history of QR codes. I didn't know that they were invented in Japan uh, and they were invented to, to identify car parts in car factories. Uh, those little mm. square codes mm. with all the little dots on them. And QR stands for quick response. Meaning you can just that scan the awesome. code and know exactly which model of Toyota that fender goes on or something like that. Right, right. But they've really gone to, um, to um, extend them into our world. And um, apparently, uh, this article, oh, this was from the, um, this is from um, ACLU.org. And and the article is called Diners Beware, The Meal That May Cost You Your Privacy and Security. And this is interesting how how these things come in under unusual circumstances. Um, The QR codes in restaurants came in primarily as a response to COVID, uh, feeling that it would be unsanitary to pass the same printed menu around to a whole evening's worth of customers in a restaurant. So they had you scan a QR code on your table and it would go right to the website that would bring up the restaurant's menu and i don't know if you would order over the website as you were in there or if you would just at least give your order to the waiter but either way once you whip out your phone and scan that code they know who you are and they have the data of who you are and when you came in and how long you stayed and which table you sat at and probably and what kind of
1: restaurant you were at you know yes. is it a high-end place uh, uh, is it a diner there's a certain ethnic food, you know, they knew, they knew. they Just like that, they knew a pr- food preference. They had a data point yeah. that they could then sell.
0: All those things. How many people were in your party? You know, if you came yeah. back the next night or if you went there every night, all those things right. Right. build up a profile. And when they can merge that profile with the other profiles that have been building up, your data just becomes that more valuable as a product. Now, what I wonder, and I didn't have a chance to check this out, are a lot of the mom-and-pop and smaller restaurants that are doing this using a service that integrates this, um, like with a, with a hub? I think you they know? are.
1: I think they are. And I think that is what the article talked about um, being kind of the, the, the larger risk, that there are um, companies that offer this service to restaurants. Um, where probably, you know, the, uh, the, the, the restaurant probably takes a picture of the menu, uploads it, and then you get an account, the, the restaurant gets an account on that, on that, um, on that, uh, for that restaurant. Um, reading from the, uh, um, this article in the ACL, uh, ACLU website, it says, you may not have thought much about what actually happens when you open your phone and click on a QR code at a restaurant. Sometimes it just opens up the uh, the restaurant's webpage, but many of the QR codes you see in restaurants are actually generated by a different company that collects, uses, and then often shares your personal information with other companies. In fact, companies that provide QR codes to restaurants like to brag about uh, all the personal information you're sharing along with that uh, food order, your location, your demographics such as gender and age group and other information about you and your behavior because they're able to tie that uh, they're 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 able to match that information up with other information that's been uh, that's been collected about you and well if so you're, all
0: even on Apple I think your phone has a, an advertiser identifier ID yeah. that, yep that that uh, is like you know, code to whoever wants to uh, buy and sell your data knows it's your data, yeah. uh, which is interesting. But the article has some great suggestions. Uh, First one is treat any QR code like a link in an unknown email. Be really wary Mm -hmm. and pay attention to where it is and the context it appears in. Another great suggestion is even if they have a QR code just and you wanna use your phone to get to the restaurant menu, just manually go to the website of the restaurant so you're bypassing the code and just using your, your, your own browser to get there. Uh, there's also software that allows you to pre-inspect what's on the QR code and the action it will take. So it'll decipher it and and maybe uh, bring up a red flag if there's some suspicious things. And here's another one that just, I never thought about, but this is a great suggestion. Keep an eye out for any QR code that has been pasted On top of another QR code. Yeah. So if there's a big a big thing saying the restaurant says scan our menu, please here, and then somebody pasted another one on top of it.
1: And it could go to a scammers website or who knows where. Yeah. Amazing. So now I don't even now now I can't even trust menus anymore. I know.
0: Or restaurants.
1: (laughs) Or restaurants. And then the last one, that last tip is probably the most sensible one. Continue to use a physical menu. I yes. now know that it's highly unlikely just to spread say, the virus by touching a, uh, a piece of paper. Yeah,
0: so sorry. Yeah, exactly. The, the physical contact is probably the least likely way that you're going to catch uh, any kind of a, a bug in a restaurant, um, considering all the other sources. But just say, oops, I forgot my smartphone. You'll have to give me a paper menu. My bad.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. yeah,
1: so a couple of uh, a couple of internet and digital privacy tips and concerns that probably you didn't even think about before we started this show tonight on Point and Click
0: Radio. <laughs> I think on the next show, we should probably try to find some uh, resources where you can fight back. You know, that mm. I want to try to find that. Uh, one of us will find that site that lets you decipher the user agreements, because uh, I think that would really be good. I think there's ways around that. And they're starting to, um, even the, as slow as they move, our, our legislative apparatus is starting to look at some of these uh, egregious uh Misuse of user data, and um, well, the the thing we mentioned, I think it might have been uh, on our show two weeks ago, is the um, Federal Trade Commission uh, getting behind the customer's right to repair, and that's that's changing a lot of yeah. that stuff that was all buried in digital anti piracy and um, anti hacking legislation.
1: Yeah, 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 and do do check out, the you know, the the uh Common Sense Media not only created that nice little kind of report card thing, but the actual report itself is wow—it is sixty-five pages long. It is <laughs> pretty exhaustive detail, uh, and it's if you if you're interested in privacy-related issues, it's worth it's worth checking out. Um, their their tagline is so is so good and so scary watching tv that watches us
0: yeah <laughs> it's a really thorough report i mean i have to admit they, they did a really bang up job on on this uh, i'm going to read the whole thing through um on in the pdf version and, and they'll know when i quit
1: <laughs> and <they'll know. laughs> exactly no, i'll just they'll look, know if you finished it or not yeah,
0: or i'll scan just look only look at the pictures and the, and the uh in the graphic charts well, this is an interesting bit of news. This um, this is came over CNN, and the headline just grabbed me. Female Afghan robotics team members arrive in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Five women from Afghanistan's renowned robotics team arrived in Mexico on Tuesday. I don't think it was for the Robot Olympics. Following the country's takeover by the Taliban, the five women, along with one of their partners, were transported on a commercial flight to Mexico on Monday, funded by different organizations um and um it says following the tradition of solidarity and with the feminist foreign policy of the mexican government we have carried out many diplomatic efforts to create safe passage uh the women will have a humanitarian visa for up to 180 days and they're really glad to be able to stay together and continue continue their work which i think is wonderful yeah that's really good news And the other bit of news uh, for us Apple fans here is today marks, well yesterday actually, this is Tuesday, August 24th. uh, This came out of MacRumors.com, although it's all over the interwebs. 10 years since Tim Cook became Apple's CEO, on August 24th, uh, 2011, Steve Jobs resigned as CEO of the company he built and officially named Tim Cook as Apple's new head. and it was only two months until Steve passed away two months after that date that Steve passed away And the future of Apple lay solely on the shoulders of Tim Cook and it's really interesting because um, Cook has overseen uh, an amazing amount of development Uh, the first iPhone to have been fully developed under Tim Cook was the iPhone 5 in 2012 Um, and uh, after that, uh, the Apple Watch was announced as Tim Cook's first One More Thing, taking over the yeah, right. Steve Jobs tradition of One More Thing. And um, and then at the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, um, they came out with the iPhone X, also known as the iPhone X. Right. But for all that hard work and accomplishments, uh, Tim Cook is now only the eighth highest paid executive in the US. <laughs> he fell to eighth play, p- place on a list of the highest paid CEOs and executives despite earning more than the previous year. Uh, but um, he's still pretty, I, I don't think he's worrying about. Uh, he can he can afford a new iPhone every year. He can afford a new iPhone every day.
1: <laughs> and I think one of the interesting things too about his his Decade there um, is that he's really overseen Apple's huge push into services. Yes. Um, not only selling hardware and software, but also those monthly subscriptions <laughs> like Apple TV Plus or like the iCloud um, extra upgrades where you get extra storage or Apple Music. Um, Apple music Apple music is a huge one that, um, yeah that's, and, uh,
0: that wasn't uh, you had the iTunes store when Steve was around. you could buy the tunes for ninety nine cents a track, but they didn't have the subscription streaming service until tim right. Tim brought it in right
1: and um and you know to his credit he's uh, he's kind of maintained the uh if uh, the you know the Genetic uh, fingerprint that Steve Jobs imposed on Apple, um, with respect to privacy, um, with respect to um, uh, you know the, the 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 kinds of product innovations that we've seen. Um, it's still a very kind of Jobsian company, yeah, in a in a long since Jobs world.
0: Although I have a feeling that Steve would have thrown something at every one of the developers of the recent versions of most of their apps, you know. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, there may have been a few more temper, tran- ten- temper yeah.
0: tantrums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, all those Johnny Ive designs. Of course, Johnny was there from back in the '90s, and he worked. Uh, he yeah. was he was um, towards the end of Steve's uh, career as CEO. Uh, he and Johnny were probably spent more FaceTime. Together than any other uh, two Apple employees in terms of developing the the direction the company was going in, you know.
1: There's actually an interesting article in uh, CNET.com of three things that uh, that, uh, that that Tim Cook changed um, since becoming Apple's CEO, um, and one of them is um, number one. In fact, is more political. A decade ago, I'm reading here from Senate CNET. Uh, dot com. A decade ago, it was unusual to see a high-profile tech industry leader exchange anything but pleasant words with a world leader. But soon after Cook came out as gay, he started speaking out on a range of human rights issues. Not a year later, he penned a 600-word piece that ran in the Washington Post addressing discrimination against the gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered communities. And... Um, he during Trump's uh, time in uh, blah. during Trump's time in office, Cook became a regular voice speaking out against the president's immigration moves. He criticized Trump's statements defending white supremacists and other extremists at the deadly rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. And Cooks said Trump's plans to ban trans- transgender people from serving in the military were wrong. He wrote at the time, quote, we are indebted to all who serve discrimination against anyone holds everyone back. So um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, um,
0: it is. He didn't bring back the rainbow apple, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this is true,
0: <laughs> although they do have a lot of rainbows on the Apple campus. So <laughs> so good for Tim. Congratulations, Tim. Ten years as Apple CEO. And um, I don't know if we mentioned it at the bottom of the hour, but you're tuned to KZYX, Philo, and KZYZ, Willets and Ukiah. And um, we have a call coming in, so we're going to open up the phone lines and uh, spend the rest of the hour taking calls from our listeners. If we have listeners to call in, the number is 895-2448. I'm Bob Lawton here in the Ukiah studio. Behind the board, Jim Hyde is zooming in from way out there. <laughs> exactly (laughs) and caller you're on the air can you hear me
2: hello thank you i'm not sure what show this is but i'm sitting at the mendocino headlands overlooking a devastation of an ecosystem because the parks and rec think they need to mow the whole headlands so that, you know, it looks more like a golf course for the
0: tourists who are wasting our water. You should call in on the environmental show, I would recommend. I'm going to drop that call. But um, maybe they had a computer question. Um, Will It doesn't we'll, sound like it. No, no, it doesn't. And uh, it was pretty uh, lousy air quality, too. I'm trying to.
1: But if you'd like to call and ask a computer question or comment on something we've talked about exactly. today, you can dial 895-2448, 895-2448, to reach us here in, I say here in the studio, even though we are about well, it's a Well, it's a virtual studio. The, the, it's a big, v- it's v- a v- big v- studio. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, Studios we appreciate
0: all of our listeners, but we do want to keep our um, questions to computers and technology pretty much, so uh let's see if we have another call here hi you're on the air have you got a question or a comment
2: i do have a computer question and that is somebody sent me an article in email that i wanted to read when i got home and i used save as and it brought up the little thing where you little chart that you put save at the bottom Sure. But it, it never it never saves it, and so what did I do wrong?
1: Do you have? Are you using a Mac or a or a Windows computer?
2: It's a Windows computer.
1: Um, and what browser are you using? Foxfire.
0: Sorry. So, so I think you said Foxfire. Firefox. uh, Firefox. Yeah, but was it, were you reading the email in the web browser or were you reading it in a a mail app program?
2: It was in, they sent it in Gmail.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I wanted to bring it home and read it. I wasn't reading it then. I just noticed it was there when I looked at the and I wanted to bring it home and read it, but it didn't save. And I thought,
1: you know, I push the save as. Yeah, there's, right a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a command in Firefox called save page as, and then, and the, then there's another little dialog box that appears after that that gives you a few um, options, and you want to choose an option that says web page complete, and what that does is save the entire page and, and and basically lets you save it and then open it up and have it look just like it looked when you looked at it live.
2: Okay and I can do that offline.
1: Um, well you have to have that page displayed, you know, go to go back to the email where the friend send it to you, click on that link, um, presumably there's a link in that, uh, in that email that they sent to you, and Click on that, which will switch you to, uh, you know, another browser window or another browser tab in Firefox. Display that page, and then you click on the little menu button, the little three hamburger-looking thing, um, and click Save Page As, and then make sure that you choose the option that's called Web Page Complete.
2: I should put that on the hard drive.
1: And that should put it on the hard drive. And then it's just, it'll be the same thing as saving any other file where you'll choose where you want to save that, you know, in your doc- documents folder or on your desktop and so forth.
0: Yeah. Also, be very, be very careful to pay attention to the exact folder you're saving it to and how you get to that folder because you can have folders inside of folders. A lot of times it's easiest to just look over on the left and click on desktop, and then that the icon for that file will show up right on the desktop so it's easy to find without even having to look in the folders.
2: Thank you. I'll give it a try. All right. Good luck.
0: Thanks for the call. Yeah.
1: And And I asked, you know, in part why he was using, whether he was using Mac or Windows, because on on the Mac, it's also really easy to save a web page as a PDF. Exactly. And Um, and that can be also useful.
0: And you, it's easy to open PDFs on Macs just with the Mac itself, without having to have any Adobe software. We got another call. We got lots of calls tonight. Good. All right. Hi, you're on the air.
2: Now, hi. How you, how you guys doing tonight? Good. Very good. Hey, I wanted to tell that other caller. I, I don't feel it's very safe to save it as a complete web page. I'd save it as a PDF, y'all. Uh, yeah. Jason's out there. I don't know if you know or where about Jason, but the program used to be Java. Turned it to Jason, J-A-S-L-N, turned to oh, Jason, yes. J-A-J-S-L-N, and then went to this, T-H-I-S. It's a very uh, nasty script. It's all over the place. Um, take a look. Uh, when you're in a browser in Firefox, I suggest you all go to a right-click when you log in somewhere. Like you log in to Gmail, you log in somewhere. Right-click that log in, a little menu will pop up. Come on down to inspect. And click left click on inspect, and it'll bring it up. And Firefox, the new Firefox, especially Windows 10, uh, will bring you to a, uh, a uh, uh, inspection routine where it actually debugs the script. And you will be surprised what you find. Oh my gosh, people, pay attention! I gotta go well, back
0: to the dishes. Good luck. All right. Wow. Thanks for the call. But um, this is Thank not this is not for amateurs.
1: <laughs> no, but 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 your point about saving as a PDF is is a is a great point. You know, we mentioned that's a great thing to do on the Mac. And I have to say on Windows, yes, because I just uh, I just did a quick search here in Firefox. You can save a Web page as a PDF as well. Um, and when you when you go to the Web page and choose print, and then where you would select a printer, you choose an option called Microsoft print to PDF.
0: That's new in Windows 10.
1: In Windows 10, right. And that will allow you to save the web page as a PDF, which yeah. the caller is right. I mean then when you're saving it as a PDF, then any kind of weird malware scripts that might be Im- embedded in the page um, they're basically pretty much rendered harmless.
0: yeah, I wonder if um, I wonder if all the patents and copyrights and everything have um, expired on the PDF file format because I think it was proprietary Adobe and i know that apple was licensing their rendering engines from uh, adobe so that when mac os 10 the original aqua mac os 10 came out um, they had a, an adobe product called display postscript you remember that sure yeah. yeah well that's basically the same engine that runs the the creation of pdfs and what you with apple you were always able to either save as a PDF or print to PDF, uh, but now Windows has it too. And I think it came in. I don't think it's in Windows Seven. I think it might have come in in Windows Eight or Windows Ten. But yeah, they, they have the too. same. They have the same uh, feature. So it's pretty much a universal standard format, and it's a lot easier to save something into a PDF format for viewing later than to try to save it as a you know html page code or something like that yeah right it right, works right. a lot better more calls okay hi you're on the air yes sir
2: i went on my computer uh, a little while ago to look up something on um, spotify and i got a little yellow band across the top of the screen that says the Widevine cdm has crashed do you have any idea what they're talking about
1: Repeat that once more. It said what?
0: What crashed? The Widevine CDM has crashed.
1: CDM, as in Mary. It wasn't CDN, as in Nancy? Nope. CDM Wide- has
2: crashed. Boy, the no. Widevine CDM has crashed. I have no idea what that is.
1: Oh, here, wait a minute. There is a... There is a. Uh, hmm. That is a... So you're using Firefox, is that right?
2: Yes, Firefox.
1: Yeah, that is a that is a. I just looked for I did a web search for that um, uh, for that um, phrase. Unfortunately, that the plugin Widevine has created a firestorm of complaints. Um, if you. Um, Yep. Yeah. There. That is a. That is indeed a. A problem that people are talking about like crazy on the Mozilla, the Firefox support formats.
0: Is it something built into Firefox, or is it a plugin, or is it something a, that the web page itself is providing?
1: It's a plugin. And i uh, you know, I'm just I'm browsing a web page here, but that's a pointless thing to do in the middle of a radio show. <laughs> what I would suggest, caller, is maybe reinstalling Firefox, downloading the latest version of Firefox from uh, from I think it's getfirefox.com, and and reinstalling it. Um, oh. But it is it is a it is a plugin that looks like it handles like video playback.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah,
1: and. So, yeah. yeah. And you could also Can do a web when search...
0: I, when I tried
2: to watch something on Netflix, which yeah. I use Firefox for all the time, and it's the same thing. it they wouldn't let me watch anything on Netflix.
1: Yeah. that hmm. And that is exactly the kind of thing that I'm seeing um, uh, errors, uh, error reports for. You know, if you are... I mean, I think the, the easiest thing to try would be just reinstalling Firefox, as I said. If you um, Wanted to kind of go down the troubleshooting rabbit hole. Go to your favorite search engine and search for "Widevine CDM has crashed," and you will see um, 24,500 in case of in case of Google um, results for that particular phrase. So there's there are apparently issues. Or just switch to a different browser for using your...
0: <laughs> for your well, using I wonder your, if it's a plugin you can stuff. uninstall uh, or an extension, right. you know, if you could just uninstall it. Uh, maybe uh, Google uninstall Widevine CDM and see if uh, you can just, you know, turn it off in the browser.
1: Widevine is Google software, one person uh, writes, and it doesn't support your OS version anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it. that's interesting. I had not heard of that one, but it's clearly an issue that a lot of people are having in Firefox when they go to view streaming content.
0: So, caller, you're not alone.
1: <laughs> if that's any yes. consolation, indeed.
2: Okay, well, thanks a lot, Bella. Thanks for your show. All right, thanks for calling. Uh,
1: you're very welcome. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah I, this him. is one of those cases where I would just reinstall the browser or honestly switch to a browser like Brave, um, which is built, which is a very strong privacy-minded uh, minded, uh, web
0: browser. Yeah, Brave is good. Although I went to some website today, I can't remember what site I was trying to reach, but it said, "We don't like your Brave browser. We want you to use Firefox, oh, Safari, Edge, or Chrome." So interesting. Yeah, I'll have to go back it in my is. history and see what that see what that was all about.
1: Well, as we always recommend, it's nice to have a few browsers on hand because yep. sometimes you will encounter that where a website won't work, and one of the quickest ways to troubleshoot is just trying open up, try to open up that same website in a different browser, oh, and seeing yeah. if it works. They're all free, so they don't use that much disk space, so it doesn't hurt to have them. Right. <clears throat> 895-2448 895-2448 to reach us here at Point and Click Central. We've got about 10 minutes left in tonight's show.
0: And we do have another call, so let's go back to the All right. phones. All right. awesome. Hello, can you hear us? we you're on the air. And yeah. we're and we're on the air.
2: Question for you. Hi. How about duck duck goose? You're on the air. I only just tuned in, so I'm, I'm not sure what you've already covered.
0: Did you say duck duck goose?
1: You mean yeah,
2: DuckDuckGo?
0: That's, that's my browser. Yeah, DuckDuckGo Duck Go. They do have a, a browser. I don't know if they have a browser for desktop and laptops, but I know they have them for um, portable devices.
2: I'm talking about my, my laptop.
0: Um, you, can you turn your radio down or off? I think your computer is on because I'm hearing... Or your computer, if that's long streaming. Yeah. Radio down
1: or off, your computer is on.
0: There we, are we there we were. Oh, yeah! There oh, we were like, talking in the it's background. Like time travel. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, DuckDuckGo basically is a free search engine like Google or any of the other search engines, but they have yeah. created their own browsers. I don't know if they have them for Mac and Windows. I know they have them for iPhones and probably Androids.
1: Yeah, they have I'm them for on Windows. mobile. Did you have it for Windows? Oh, that's great.
2: Well, yeah, that I, I would be an, that's another as great. As far as search engines go, right? Do I need right. to somehow change it to make it for everything? I, I I'm sorry, I've no, been late, so I, I missed if, a lot of this.
1: If you're happy with your current browser and it's working, um, you know, there's no. Necessarily, reason to switch unless you were using a browser like Google Chrome, which doesn't have a lot of privacy controls, in which case you might want to consider a, uh, a different browser like Brave or like Firefox. Um, I'm which... using Firefox. Oh, there you go. Okay. No, there's no particular reason to, to switch if you are... Uh, so inclined. I mean, the DuckDuckGo browser is a great, I mean, uh, um, browser extension for using their search engine is a great way to use that search engine, though.
0: Yeah, just so. about, I think just about all, all browsers will let you put in a DuckDuckGo extension or plugin, and that adds the uh, option of using DuckDuckGo as your default search engine, or uh, it patches it into the little search box uh search bar up at the top corner of your browser window yeah, yeah it
1: is my default
0: oh okay yeah good well, there you go well that's a good choice that's that's that's, okay. that's my daily there. driver firefox with DuckDuckGo as is the default search engine
1: there you
2: go that's excellent in that case i'll let you
1: get back to everybody else
0: hey thank you nice. thanks for good calling thank you for
1: that call absolutely
0: uh, have a good evening yeah, we might have time for a couple more calls if people want to call in. Have we got any other news or, or things to catch up on? Oh, there have been. St- yes. Oh, go ahead.
1: Go ahead, Bob, please. Uh, the,
0: one, the one more thing. Uh, this is a real Apple one more thing. Apple has now offered to subscribers of their premium iCloud service. iCloud is their um, cloud based file storage that lets you back up your files from your portable devices like iPhones and iPads. And also from your, your, you can uh, offload files or backup files from your desktop or laptop computer to Apple's cloud server. It would be like Dropbox or any of those other services. But um, now if you are a subscriber to their premium storage service rather than the free one you get when you buy an Apple device, uh, uh, they have a service that will now let you create a custom email address including your own domain name Uh, now it probably has to be a domain name that's available but uh, you can get a personal domain name for your own email if you have the apple account and the example they give is johnny at appleseed.com. so (laughs) that one's probably already taken um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, iCloud Plus subscribers interested in setting up a custom e- email domain can visit the beta.icloud.com website, select Account Settings under their name, and select Manage under Custom Email Domain. Users can send and receive email with up, email with up to five custom domains. While family members, in other words, people sharing the uh, iCloud account, can each have up to three email addresses per domain. Oh, and by the way, I just suddenly remembered that was the site that that would not let me use Brave to reach it. Uh, Uh, Oh, interesting. So beta.icloud.com wouldn't work on Brave, but the regular iCloud.com works on Brave. So it must have been something to do with the... uh, Uh, The beta site, you know, where they're just where they're just rolling this out. Right. Um, right. So um, any entering a, a custom domain on the iCloud website, users can add email addresses that they currently use with the domain. Users can also create new email addresses after they have finished setting up the domain within iCloud, according to Apple. Note that any custom email addresses must not be in use with another Apple ID. So there's a you know a few bells and whistles and and things you have to do to um, to get this to work. But I think it's great to make up your own email addresses, and it sounds like you can probably roll them in when you need them. So if you want to use them as like an anti-spam or anti-tracking device, come up with a custom domain. For some website that you want to subscribe to, thinking that maybe they're, you're going to get a ton of spam, well, it would come to that custom address. So it seems yeah. like it seems like it'd be worth giving it a try.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool.
0: Again, that's o- also only for the uh, premium uh, iCloud tiers of service, which ranges from ninety nine cents per month up to nine ninety nine per month, depending on how much storage you get.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, and from the, again from the Apple world, uh, this is that time of year when the rumor mill starts churning out more and more rumors about new things like the iPhone 13 or new uh, laptops built around the new Apple Silicon chips, uh, but a next-generation chip that people are calling the M1X. And there's even been rumors about a new uh, updated Mac Mini That's that little, smaller than a pizza box sized Mac that doesn't have a built-in monitor. You bring your own monitor and your own keyboard and mouse, um, and there's talk of a um, Mac Mini around this, built around the M1X
0: chip. Wow. That sounds exciting.
1: So... This is certainly the time of year when new uh, uh, iPhones are right around the corner. So we we say that all because not only maybe, hey, you're an Apple fanboy and you just kind of want to keep tabs on what's coming down the pike, but also, if you're in the market, this is maybe a good time to try to hold off again for maybe a month or so to see how the rumors suss out. It's not unusual at all for new iPhones to be introduced in September and then shipped in October. And incredibly looking at the calendar i see that september is this is
0: not that far away just days so, away from now yeah. yeah less than a week yeah so there's
1: your buying or don't quite buy just yet tip of the day here on on point and click radio
0: indeed Getting, I recognize that sound. Getting close to the top of the hour. I hear a little thunder in the distance. I don't think it's going to bring any rain tonight. Too bad. Sadly. Sorry, sadly. any callers trying to call in. We have run out of time.
1: We'll be back with more of this madness in two weeks. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a new iPhone 13 rumor to share or some new privacy thing to be scared about. We'll find out that your blender has secretly been spying on you and selling advertising to uh, to uh, selling your personal information. All the, informa- all the stuff you've been blending. <laughs> to- yeah
0: potential advertisers (laughs) who knows your toaster will be next
1: (laughs) but whatever it is we'll keep you updated here on point and click radio indeed okay jim okay bob good deal good night everybody good night until next
0: time see you next time take care this has been a production of kzyx philo 90.7 fm kzyz willits and ukia 91.5 fm and fort bragg at 88.1 fm mendocino county public broadcasting you can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner thanks for listening